like to call a real slob kebab. Yeah, right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Real Slob Kebab, a Real Housewives and Pop Culture pod. I'm Sarah Bouchon, your beautiful host. I just spent the last, like, three hours reading about Jamila Jamil, the actress from The Good Place. Um, she's been telling a bunch of stories about being chased by swarms of bees. But she tells these stories at different times and they don't match up. And like one of the stories involved Mark Ronson and Mark Ronson like confirmed like that didn't happen. Like we weren't chased by 500 bees, but she still like believes that it happened. I don't know. I'm going to do an article about it on Lovely Piece of Trash. It's wild. And then like every, like we all just kind of, I guess this happened in 2020, like right before the pandemic. So everyone just kind of forgot about it. But everyone's just like, oh, everyone's canceling Jamila, like cancel culture. And it's like, I don't really think we're like, canceling her. I think people just want to know why she keeps telling stories about being chased by swarms of bees. And they're not true. Like what a specific and unusual lie to tell. She's told multiple stories. Once being chased by bees into traffic, like when she was like 17. Another time being chased by bees into traffic on the set of The Good Place. And then another third separate occasion of being chased by bees. And we're not just talking a couple of bees. I mean, swar- swarms, three occasions this woman has been swarmed by bees. It's crazy. And then Tracy Morgan, not Tracy Morgan, Tracy Morrison. Um, I think it's like Tracy Egan Morrison, who's like a really funny, interesting reporter. I think she used to work maybe for Jezebel. Um, I, I learned all this on her Insta story highlights. If you guys are at all interested in Jamila Jamil running from bees. She also discovered Tracy through her research that Jamila's mom also like tweets about how many illnesses she has. Oh, also Jamila has like, you know, a bunch of illnesses. She said she's had cancer twice, but I don't think that's confirmed. Like, I think that was bound out to be a lie. Like she actually hasn't had cancer at all. I don't think, um, but like her mom also posts on Twitter a lot about all the diseases that she has, but the two don't speak, I don't believe. And then her brother also published a book about his like chronic, chronic illnesses. Like he can't, he doesn't read because he can't concentrate, but he writes. So he just puts literally his thoughts, writes his thoughts down, doesn't read them and like publishes them. It's fascinating. Anyway, so it sounds like some childhood trauma stuff to me. It sounds like she has no idea she's even lying. I think she's probably just so addicted to that, like, attention and that, like, you know, I, yeah, I don't know, chased by bees, you know? Like, the cancer, it's like, okay, people have fake cancer. People like that kind of sympathy. But the bees thing, I just, I'm beyond. So anyway, that's my day. But let's get into it, shall we? I couldn't watch OC because it hasn't been posted to the app yet. I know that like three other people on Twitter are also having this problem. Um, So I couldn't watch OC and it actually looks really good. Terry like confronts that woman about suing him. But whatever, I'll get into that next episode or maybe I won't. I'm trying to make these shorter because editing them is like a nightmare. And also there's like four of you listening, so who cares? Okay, Salt Lake City. They're all still dressed like Yankee Doodle sitting around this fire talking about Mary and the man that was a part of her cult, allegedly. And then they're trying to, like, get this information out of Lisa, like, the specifics about what 
um, Mary did to Cameron. And honestly, I like I respect her for not saying it. That kind of is Cameron's business. It sounds like it was like personal and traumatic. Like he he vocalized that he did not want to say it to Meredith on camera. So I find it weird that Meredith was like pushing for Lisa to say it because I'm pretty sure Cameron wouldn't be like, oh, I feel uncomfortable sharing this with you, Meredith. But please have Lisa share it with you while you're all dressed like butter boys from Germany. Like, I don't think Cameron wanted that. I don't think Cameron would ask for that. So yeah, I, I don't blame Lisa for not getting into that. But then we find out, I think she does eventually tell them actually, now that I just said that, we find out that he refinanced his home for her odor gland surgery, you all. Odor gland surgery. When she was in the hospital for a really long time, and that's why she doesn't like the smell of hospital. That's why she didn't want to be around Jen because she smelled like hospital. For that fucking odor gland surgery. Cameron's house was lost for that shit. I can't even. And then I don't really understand. Lisa is clearly, as we all know after seeing this episode, talking out of two sides of her ass. Like, how do you believe Cameron? You're very good friends, supposedly. You totally believe that he was, like, deeply traumatized by this woman. And yet... You're like, but I'll still be friends with Mary? That to me sounds like someone who has zero moral values, like no moral compass. You think that being a good person means being friends with everybody and being nice to everybody. And that doesn't. That actually means you're an identityless, lost person who needs to figure yourself out and find yourself. And then Meredith getting all like, I'm not going to let you talk about Mary without any facts. First of all, you're like forcing her to talk more about the Mary situation. And you talk about Jen all the time with like very little facts. I don't even know what kind of facts you have on Jen. I mean, aside from, I mean, I think like the FBI, Homeland Security has facts, obviously. But Meredith, what are you talking about? And then Lisa actually acting like she gives a shit about Mary and then completely not caring at all after she gets like a Louboutin bag or I don't even know I don't know designers I'm like Jenny Jenny was like I don't know Christine Louboutin I don't give a fuck um maybe she got a Louis Vuitton bag I forget what Lisa got out of this deal but she was like cult what never heard of it how painful honestly how painful as Cameron I think he actually passed away before any of this aired so he isn't going to have to see this but that would have been so how for his family to watch this for her to like giggle with her Louis Vuitton on Mary's private jet, knowing what she knows, it's just so horrific. It's so horrible. Ugh, I hate it so much. I feel so bad for people who are like taken advantage of and abused because people don't give a shit because the abuser usually is more powerful and they're usually like better at like lying and being heartless and being unemotional and heartlessness and unemotionalness were always like, oh, they're probably right. Look at them being rational when really they're probably like fucking sociopaths. And then Mary goes on like that recovery mission with giving everybody these gifts once she realized that that's how she could win Lisa over. She was like, okay, let me give all these bitches gifts and then they'll just forget about the Cameron situation and that I run a cult. And so she gives Jenny the first gift and then she's like, oh, I'm just doing it to like lighten my suitcase. Mary is chaotic. Like she's an agendaless woman, but yet seems to have an agenda at the whole time. Like, I don't know. She scares. She is someone who would scare me. Meredith's voice is like nails on a chalkboard. I cannot stand. I know I've complained about how much I hate Meredith before, but ugh, whatever she speaks, it's like just grating on my ears. 
And then they all basically, after they all, like, share the different gifts that Mary got them, Jenny's just, like, eating a croissant. I still love how Jenny is keeping herself out of this. And, like, then Lisa gets all defensive because people are like, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Like, what are you doing? And then Lisa's like, think the best of me, not the worst, or I'll start thinking the worst of you and you won't like it. I don't think Lisa sees herself very well. I don't think Lisa sees herself clearly. She clearly does not know herself. Think of me, think the best of me, not the worst, or I'll start thinking of the worst of you. First of all, it's not like we like don't know you and we're like assuming things about you. These women know you pretty well right now and they're seeing your personality pretty clear and you're kind of a piece of shit. So I feel like, you know, they're not jumping to conclusions here. They saw you get on Mary's private plane after talking mad shit, although they all did. And then she's like, if I'm going to talk behind your back, I'll let you know first. Please don't. Please don't do that. Please don't tell me that you're going to talk behind my back later. How awkward would that fucking be? What are you supposed to say? Oh, cool. We'll have fun. And then when Whitney keeps referencing Mary, like, she's my good friend. It's like, clearly she isn't. Clearly this woman has an alliance to no one. She hates her own husband. I think her son might be the only thing she's ever felt love for. Like, this woman does not give a shit about you, Whitney. How, how are you not? How is that not? What's not clicking? And then Mary really, like, comes for Heather. Heather, like, speaks up in defense of Whitney. Or just, like, kind of, like, to, you know, try and make some sense of whatever the fuck this conversation is. And Mary, the look on Mary's face when Heather, or, yeah, when Heather starts to talk. Scary. Like, bone-chilling. She looked like she wanted to kill her. I also cannot, when one of these women act completely batshit, and then they're like, I'm tired of women not supporting women. Yeah, that's what this is. That's exactly what this is. Please, put your wild-ass behavior on our entire gender. That's what we need. Thank you. Like, thank God for Heather, because they were all being so passive-aggressive and so scared of Mary. And, like, I get it. Maybe they're deeply religious, and they really do think she's God. <laughs> Maybe they really think that she can, like, send the devil after them. Because why are they so, like, why are they so cautious? Maybe it's, like, a like a, geo like a geography thing. Are people from the Utah area just a little more passive? But a little more, like, I don't know, shallow? I don't, like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you be, like, Mary's, like, a nut job who lives in her closet. Like, just call her out and find a new friend. Like, I don't, really don't understand. She's, like, harming people here, robbing them of, like, their homes. Cameron had cancer. Like, this is just beyond. Or some illness. It wasn't, maybe it wasn't cancer, but he died of some illness that he was suffering from while Mary was torturing him. So I feel like we could have some empathy here, gals. Maybe fly first class instead of the PJ. Also, the fact that this is all now overshadowing the Jen situation is bananas to me. I feel like they barely even, like, scratched the surface of Jen's situation. And then Mary makes this whole speech and is like, she she's clearly like a pastor. She clearly knows how to um, like fake emotion or show, show, force this, you know, be dramatic and give a speech and get people on her side. That's obviously a skill of hers. Meredith was just like Elton John this entire episode. All of their outfits, like honestly, quite frankly, hurt me. They were like painful. Oh, and then... Mary is talking to Lisa, I think. 
And she's saying, like, people have hated me for her, like, my lifestyle. And she's attacked over the things she cherishes. It's like, well, starting a cult? Is starting a cult something that you really cherish? And then Lisa is crying and saying that she feels God in Mary. Like, what the fuck? And then the most horrible moment is when Mary calls Jen a thug and said she's like those, and I quote, like those Mexican people who make all those drugs. And Lisa just like silently nods. It's one of the weirdest and most racist moments I've seen on this show. Oh, and then she like, she goes right from that into being like, thanks for getting me a paper towel. Cause like Lisa grabs like a paper towel to like wipe her eyes. They're like sobbing. She like grabs something to wipe her eyes and Mary being like, thanks for getting me that. Bitch, what? Do you, are you aware of the things that you're saying? And then Meredith loses her shit. I felt like it was like an altitude thing. She really, Meredith like is off her rocker this season. I feel like she's giving way to, she's engaging way too much at this point. I feel like they took three days to leave that chalet. And then they all get on the PJ and Mary's like, want a sucker? And gives them all a lollipop. It was so, so fucking bizarre. I think that this show specifically is full of a bunch of freaks. Like true... I think we're all, we're going to find out they're all creeps. I feel like Jenny's maybe the only good one in the bunch. We are blessed to have them and I do appreciate them and I never want them to go anywhere, but. And then next episode, they are once again in some like party van. They're going to a a calming camp or something. The preview honestly looks batty. And then Jen, we tune back into Jen and she is pissed. I think we're going to see more of Jen next week jen is fucking mad i feel like jen right now is like a hornet that you sprayed with like a hose and you thought it went away but it's gonna come back and it's gonna be fucking mad at you i'm looking forward to that personally and then the end of real housewives of ultimate girls trip happened i can't with cynthia i love her so much i want to protect her i want her to stay on this franchise even though i know it's not what she wants I'm just going to miss her. I think she's such a real one. And watching what happened to her on this island makes me sad. I, like, what the fuck? Um, She's my favorite. She was, like, having that Cynthia bowl. Oh, and then, like, I don't know. Kenya, I know, was, like, feeling her oats on this trip because everyone liked her and no one likes her on her show. And I get that. I feel like the show really shows us, like, how dynamics are, like, so can impact our personalities or just the way we behave so much because like drop these women into a different group of people and they really are like take them out of their day-to-day where they're not constantly sort of bombarded with the same people who reflect like the same image of themselves and they're completely different it's wild okay so cynthia has her cynthia bailey bowl or the bailey bowl all-stars edition nobody seems excited Like, literally no one gave her anything. I felt so bad. She's trying, you guys. Like, she's trying. I know she was, like, maybe a little serious or came off a little whatever in the beginning. But, like, fucking someone give her, like, a woo-hoo or, like, this is going to be fun. I feel like they were all just, like, bitching about, like, licking the ice balls. Kyle is funny as hell when she said that when they were, like, so lick the ball for the diamond. And she's, like, that's how it works in Beverly Hills. She's funny. She's really, she's really shining on this franchise, this spinoff. But I feel like they should have gotten drunk first, right? Like, 
Nobody seemed excited. Maybe that would have helped pump up the mood a little bit. Watching them all suck on those ice balls was really wild. I've not seen anything like that. I honestly felt like Kyle was kind of robbed. Like, did she bite her ball? I feel like everyone was biting their balls, and Kyle was the only one that didn't get a point. That was funny, though, when Kyle was like, why the fuck are these women getting so into it? They can literally afford to come to Turks, because the prize, like, a trip to Turks and Caicos. She was like, you can afford this, bitches. Oh, my God, Ramona twerking, and Kenya saying she looked like she had a seizure. I can't believe Cynthia lost the twerking contest to Ramona, and how she had to, like, prove herself to the producers. That was amazing. I didn't really get the game where they dug for water bottles and, like, poured the water on themselves. How deep were those water bottles? I felt like they were digging for a while. Also, Luann, like, five minutes into that game was like, did you fucking bite that ice ball? Like, she is, like, hype. And tug of war, she's talking about, like, quantum physics. Like, Luann, calm down. Also, Kenya is in love with Melissa. In love with her. She wants to marry her have babies with her, braid her hair, eat her pussy, make her dinner. She's in love with her. She's in love with her. You know she wanted to ride and spank her this whole time, and she found an opportunity when she beat her in tug of war, and they were rolling around in the sand, and she was like, I'm going to ride and spank Melissa. And at the end, when they're all talking about what they love each other and love about each other, or what surprised them about each other, and she, Kenny says, I didn't think Melissa would be this sexy. <laughs> like, what? You literally only say that if you're like, hard on for this girl like not in a, and we're not it's not in a, oh, a straight girl with a girl crush you this is a thing okay Kenya you want it and I would like it to happen personally too oh and then when um Kenya gives the prize Kenya wins the bowl and gives the prize to Teresa that was nice and then Teresa crying this got, got weirdly emotional didn't it this ultimate girls trip it, I feel like these women like address things that they never addressed on their individual franchises but that's kind of how it is sometimes, you know? I feel like when you open up, like, your friends are all tired of your problems. They're like, yeah, 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 whatever. We've heard this from you before. But new people, they'll, like, actually give them, you know, your time, their energy. They're, you know, they'll actually, like, listen to what you're saying. And I feel like a lot of these women got, like, real validation at this Turks and Cakes resort. It was also a lot less chaotic than I thought. You can tell they've all been, like, healing. And then they're all talking about, like, I don't know, missing their family or something. And Ramona's like, yeah, well, I just have my sister and she doesn't like to come to the city. <laughs> I like how Kai was like, oh, great. And you can't see her. Why? Okay. And then Ramona finally kind of, you think it clicked. Like you feel like all this stuff is clicking. And she does have that conversation with Kenya. That was big. But then at the end, they're like, what'd you learn? She's like, I don't know, lessons. Like, so then you're like, ah, oh, shit. We were so close. We were so close problem with Ramona is she just doesn't retain anything nothing's retained I think she's always just trying to get out of the situation so once Kyle and Teresa were like you need to apologize to Kenya she was like okay great so I'll do that and then that will feel good and then that's it she doesn't think like oh I should actually change and carry this behavior into my normal day-to-day -day life although I don't think Roni would really exist if she wasn't a complete asshole and I totally get like the sympathy that we have for Ramona and what she's been through because it is horrible to be in an abusive home but she has to understand that the people that she abuses, she's causing them drama. And guess what? They probably already have drama too. Unfortunately, in this country, it's not rare to grow up in an abusive home. In fact, it's like very common. So most of the people that Ramona is like shitting on every day of her life have been through trauma too. That's what we need to think about. We can't just have sympathy for ourselves. We have to have it for other people. It's called empathy, babies. 
Although it was kind of sad to see her hurt, her feelings were hurt at dinner when Kenya wanted Luann to hook up with that clearly homosexual man. She has feelings. She's got them. That was like maybe the first time I've seen them. And then Ramona's apology to Kenya, that was wild. She goes, I don't know what happened, but I know a lot of bad, or I think this was the apology that she told Kyle, like this is what I'm going to say. I don't know what happened, but I know a lot of bad stuff happened and I'm probably a lot responsible. Wow. Wow. Ramona not being able to learn Michael's name too, calling him William. And she's like, they're both proper names. Yeah, well, one is his name and one isn't. So you've been here for a week. I totally agree with Cynthia though. I do not think that Kenya is being as outwardly supportive of her as she could, considering she like did that whole like ribbon cutting and baby thing, photo thing on the plane ride here. And like she explained to everybody prior to you guys getting there that you were a good person and that they would like you. And I don't know, I just feel like she is totally dismissing her feelings and feels like she doesn't have a right to be upset. But then again, you're like, Kenny's fucking going through it right now too. But she should know, married to that narcissistic asshole, that you need to like give your friends a sec, like honor her feelings, Kenya. I cried, honestly. I'm getting my period, but I cried. Cynthia made me cry. I was so, what was happening to her made me cry. It was so sad. And then she just like kind of dismissed her when she wanted to talk. It really broke my heart. And Cynthia's saying, we need to show our friends how to treat us and I need to get better at that. Oof, I felt that. I felt that. I feel like these women have definitely all been like following like holistic psychologist on Instagram. Luann surprising these women with a concert of herself is peak Luann. Oh my God. And I, I didn't know all of Kenya's backstory. I need to go rewatch all of Atlanta because I completely forgot about her trying to meet her mom and that not and like them waiting outside. I remember that episode when they showed the clip. I haven't watched that in a while. It's heartbreaking what Kenny has been through and it makes perfect sense how she found herself in the relationship she's been in and it was so nice to hear her be like I've learned that now and I need to like change that. I really feel like this is the first time these housewives have become like super self-aware. I feel like we all sort of did. If you were like lucky enough to like use your quarantine as time to like reset and self-reflect or just spend 18 million hours a day on Instagram looking at therapy accounts, if you had that kind of time, um, I feel like there was like, it was really hard not to grow in 2020 and 2021. And clearly these women have, because I was shocked at how self-aware they've become. Producers did Luann dirty by having her perform sans auto-tune outside. That was rough. And then Teresa singing Money Can't Buy You Class. She sounded like a Muppet. I love her so much. Money can't buy you class. Money can't buy you class. I feel like the show was like one big potluck of all of their sparkling personalities. It's like, what are you bringing to the table? And Luann was like, I can bring a microphone and some guns full of money. I thought it was cute that Melissa and Teresa bonded finally. I feel like Teresa was way more normal than usual on this show. Everyone had like something so sweet to say and like really loved their time. And I felt so bad when Cynthia was like, get me the fuck out of here. She basically like quit in her last confessional, like quit the franchise. She was like, I'm basically too fucking old and tired for this. 
And I respect that, Cynthia, although I will miss you more than you will ever understand. Probably more than is healthy. And then Michael DMing Luann. Is he, is it an open marriage? Also, is he could be gay. I know everyone was saying he's wearing a wedding ring and he's married, but he could be gay, right? Like, what a dream. But yeah, I don't know what's happening there, but maybe we'll see him on Roni. Oh, and then it ends with Ramona being like, I don't know, I learned lessons? Meh. She's the only one, literally the only one who walked away without some sort of like deep insight. And that was it for Real Housewives because I haven't been able to watch OC yet, but briefly we'll talk about Vanderpump. I watched, I caught up on Vanderpump. I completely kind of forgot it existed because it was gone for so long. And it used to be like in its heyday, a really, really bonkers show. And it's now obviously just different. So I don't know, I don't watch it as much, but thank fucking God. Raquel, Raquel, Raquel has left James, or I'm assuming, I mean, if James left her, I would be very blown away by that. But what an asshole, him talking about, what am I, you think I was attracted to it because she's smart? No. Have you looked in the mirror, Jamesy? Of course you have. That's why you are a broken man. What a piece of shit. He's one of those people who occasionally I'm like, oh, he has emotional intelligence. And then he'll say something and I'm like, oh, you're the biggest piece of shit ever. Okay. And Tom Sandoval can fully go fuck himself. To not let Katie help with this restaurant when she clearly has more experience in restaurants than you is obnoxious. You're gonna work with Schwartz who bartended for like six minutes at pump and had a panic attack? Please, get the fuck out of here. It boils me blood when I see Schwartz not stand up for Katie. And it made me so happy to see Lala finally be like, dude, what the fuck? And I feel like he kind of listened. And I actually feel like, fingers crossed, Swartz is having his sort of like growing up experience right now. Maybe, I don't know. Honestly, who knows? But it sounds like he's, because, oh, what did he say? In his confessional, uh, I think in the last episode I watched, he was like, like Sheena like listens to them talking shit on Sandoval and then runs to Sandoval and's like, they were talking shit on you. And she's like, he's one of my literal best friends. I'm like, Sheena, no, he's not. No, he's not. Tom Schwartz wouldn't, or Tom Sandoval, Tom Schwartz, any of them, wouldn't probably piss on you if you were on fire. Like, they they have no real loyalty to you. That's just that on that. Sorry. And you can tell that by watching the show for 1,800 years, like I have. And you can tell that just by being in their presence. They're not, you, Sheena will, like, get run over by these men and be like, they're my best friends. And then, yeah, so she runs and tells Sandoval about it. And they're like, you know, don't fucking do that. And then in Sandoval's confession, or in fucking mix them up all the time Swartz's confessional he's like it was really like cowardly of Sheena to not tell them I don't want you talking about my friend in front of me instead to go behind their back and just you know complain about it after the fact and he said and I know it's cowardly because that's what I do yes it is bitch yes it is that felt so justifying to hear I'm sure Katie is somewhere hopefully I don't know sucking his dick even though I feel like they're like a fun asexual couple but yeah, that was really nice to hear. And Lala cried for her. I just love people who really care about their friends and like a re- in a real way, you know? Not in a like a, oh, let's catch up, what are you doing? But like in a real, like I would fucking stand up for you even if it made me look crazy kind of way, you know? Like a real ride or die. And I feel like Lala's that. I feel like she would probably go to prison for you. Oh, and I love Charlie. I think she's a really good addition to the show. I mean, I guess that they refused to add any black people for another year. Um, but yeah, I like her a lot. She's younger and she kind of has more 
emotional IQ because she's younger, I think. I just think like this next generation has an emotional IQ and we didn't. We being anyone over 30. Um, so I love Charlie confronting Sheena about not having her back in front of that creepy, there was like a creepy guy who like touches all up on Charlie at this pool party and Sheena like laughs and is like, oh my God, I'm crazy. Even though Charlie's like really uncomfortable. And she was just making it, you know, being like, that really hurt my feelings. I just expected you to like stand up for me so I didn't have to just be the only one defending myself, which is so real. Like if you ever see anyone who's uncomfortable in a public space, just help that, like be at their side. Like do not be a pussy. Grab your dick in your hands, grab your veg, grab your face, grab your ass, grab whatever you have to grab, get your courage up and get in there and defend them because that's the right thing to do. And probably someone could see and be like, oh, fuck them. They seem really emotionally intelligent. It's also a good example because she was like, Sheena was like, well, he's not a bad person. Like, I know he's not a bad person. It's like, it's not about him being a bad person. We don't have to tell him he's Hitler. But just to be like, hey, that's not cool. Don't do that. And if he has a problem with that, then it's confirmed he's a dick. There we go. Kick him out. He can go eat or he can go drink White Claw at some other West Hollywood McMansion. Okay, well, that's it. I'm trying to keep this episode short so I don't spend the rest of my life editing it. Uh, check out lovelypieceoftrash.com. Or wait, nope. Check out medium.com slash lovelypieceoftrash if you want to read my pop culture pieces. They're fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, that's it. Love you guys. Bye. Money can't buy you class.